0: for tuning it into the keep it a beauty show i am your host Tequila C. thompson and this is your first time listening to our show what's up finally we're so happy that you join us you can catch up on all of our previous shows by listening to our archives on iheartradio.com And search keeping it beauty. Every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're here live on W4CY Radio. We aim to inspire you to elevate your dreams, your love, and your life. And I'm so excited because Amber is back co-hosting with you. So welcome (laughs) back, Amber.
1: Thank you. I missed you. I am so sorry I was not able to be here last week. No, so
0: I told our audience that you were out being the good, just just doing a good deed, uh, helping your friend who went went into labor, and I said, "How cute must that have been?" Since you know you're expecting to be at the hospital
1: with someone else (laughs) while they're delivering. Yes, my best friend, uh, just about twenty years. Um, went into early labor because she wasn't due until uh, July 7th. So uh, it was very unexpected, very, very long labor. And, you know, for this is her first pregnancy as well. So it was such a learning experience, but all is well. The baby is gorgeous and healthy and mommy is gorgeous and healthy and just uh, enjoying a beautiful miracle that uh, God has bestowed upon her and her husband. Yeah.
0: That is awesome. I think I think I told you that my neighbor is having triplets, right? No, and you probably
1: she, didn't, especially not, she, those, not
0: triplets. Yeah, we, went, <laughs> we went to their we the baby shower. You know, I think you weren't um, here during that show, but I did that show. But, yeah, she looks like she's ready to, like, like pop. pop. Oh,
1: each, Like,
0: day now. So, she's due, I think, around the same time, like, July 9th. Oh, and she's, man. like, praying that they come early because oh. – getting so heavy now she's
1: like with three, three i bet
0: yeah so and she's so short and cute so i, I can't wait to uh, to see uh, the three that is so exciting so what's going
1: on uh anything exciting what'd you do this weekend that was that was the weekend and so um you know because we've been waiting on uh you know kind of just share the news her shower is actually next weekend and so it's kind of like shower. yeah we you know we, she was overseas for some time and so you know we spent the weekend just trying to like restructure and change the plans for the shower um without like being inconvenient to the guests who have already RSVP'd Uh, which we're grateful for for those who do RSVP (laughs) side note, we must do better about those RSVPs um, because it just makes it so much harder on the planners. Um, so that, that was the weekend trying to, um, troubleshoot some things and make some adjustments, uh, with the recent birth of the baby, which we were not, obviously not expecting prior to the shower. So, but we were cutting it closed. Got it. How was
0: your weekend? Well, I actually spent the weekend doing an abundance and prosperity workshop, which Mm -hmm. um, was very enlightened, opened up a a lot of different things for me. Um, And, you know, because I had already been in this space of like really focusing on self care. um, One of the big things about abundance is really making sure that you know your self-care is huge that you're that you're taking care of yourself because wellness really is like the foundation of everything else Mm -hmm. you know if you feel good um it you know it just trickles in all these other areas from your spirituality and your spirit to your career to your relationship So it was, I just got really, really clear that yes, self-care and this whole decluttering process that I'm going through is like so relevant and needed for me right now because I realized that, you know, there there are some other areas where I used to be happier and I'm Mm -hmm. not where I used to be. And I know the reason is because of, you know, the work that needs to be done in this wellness area. But on another note, uh, for everyone who like cares about my dog and my whole puppy. Yes. Yes. too. Spinks got his uh, shots last week, so for the his for the first time, he's actually been out into civilization. So he's I, I've been able to finally. <laughs> you get
1: him said to the first park. Time Yeah,
0: so like it was nice. I took him to the park. Like I went walking last week, and you know took him out. And today he got neutered, so like right now he's like, like the doctor told me that when I picked him up he would be like, he would probably be like a a dog that's like had a couple of beers, but he looks like he's had like more than beer. Like he's so yeah. oh, baby. <laughs> he's, like, so out of it, and it's just all he wants to do is just lay. On me, like everywhere in the car, I couldn't even drive on the way home. I was trying to like put him in your lap. Seat. Yeah, he wanted to be in my lap, and it was just like, dude, I cannot drive like this. And then he has like the collar on his. On yeah. His, so <laughs> it wasn't making it very comfortable for me to like sit him in the place. But yeah, he he wanted to be next to mommy. So. Oh,
2: um, so, so yeah.
0: So finally, uh, that's that's over. So we're we're gonna be. Really focused on now getting him trained because because we couldn't socialize and we really couldn't take him anywhere for, like, lessons. Why not? What,
1: yeah. what was that about?
0: Well, he didn't have a shot. So when you adopt oh, a okay. dog from a rescue shelter, like, you kind of, like, they, there were some immunizations that he was behind on. Him, and they can't get their rabies shots until they're four months. So. Oh, okay. Got Perfect. it. So, but yeah, that's, that's my, that's my puppy update. But in other news, we do so, love Sphinx. We're hoping he feels better soon. Yeah, Everybody loves Sphinx. That's, uh, that's my boo. So Ooh. Jesse Williams. Oh
1: my goodness. Did you watch that, the BT Awards last night? I did not, but I sure did watch his speech. I, you know, I, I catch sure all of my updates hear. on snippets. <laughs> yeah, actually, I've been over the BT Awards for a long time. Sorry to say, hey, but, um,
0: I love when I definitely did watch Beyonce's performance, which I'm just not surprised.
1: Right. But the she Jesse slays.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, but the Jesse Williams speech was just like, um, so like, I, like it was I, I, powerful. It was just like so powerful. Like I just literally wanted to like you know throw my fists in the air and like right. you right. know grow an afro and like you know <laughs> it was. I, I, so So
1: (laughs) pro-black. And and, and for anyone who didn't, I mean, because I, you know, I always thought he was attractive. And, you know, you see him, you know, doing his medical thing on the show. And and, and I think overnight, though, he became everybody's man crush Monday. And that's all I've been seeing on the feeds. It's like man crush Monday, Jesse Williams. And I'm like, that is amazing because I don't think anyone knew. I don't think as many people know who know today knew that he was such an activist and that he even identifies, um, uh, as being, as being black, or maybe I'm just, you know, I wasn't aware. I mean, I, he's, he's biracial, yes, biracial, um, yeah. but you know, he, he, it, he is very much so, uh, he very much so identifies as being a black man, which I think is fantastic. And that he's an activist and uses his platform for yeah. that. I
0: find he's a lot bi- of appropriately. Yeah. Like, yeah like last night I mean it was it was just perfect I mean everything that he said and ending with you know there's been all of this talk about you know black girl magic and you know mm-hmm. magic this magic that like every I, it's like <laughs> I heard somebody say the other day if I see another black girl magic hashtag like you know I'm gonna go crazy <laughs> but I love that he put it in the context of like you know yes we're magic but you know we're also you know real right so Right, Um, which was you know it's it 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 it, it had me speechless this morning. So I'm I'm just really that
1: makes two of us. I was just proud, yeah, very proud that he used his platform for that. I mean, there's so many actors and actresses and just just celebrities in general who have the ability to use their platform to to better, especially especially African Americans or people of the diaspora. You know, and they don't because they're afraid that in some way, if they speak up and use their voice to help the masses, that in some way that will take away from their abundance. And um, I'm just grateful that he he's fearless in that sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to Jesse Williams. Shout Uh, out
1: for real. Thank
0: (laughs) you for using your platform in, in that way and really being so unapologetic about. You know his views and about what's really going on so um let's keep it moving right along I I wanted to segue into tonight's show topic which is dear to my heart because of just this stage that I'm in and Being so connected and focused on self care, which is lifting the weight, a journey to a healthier mind, body, and spirit. So many women have battled depression, I mean, eating disorders, obesity, body image issues, but not many talk about it so that we can really help each other and support each other through it. And I know myself, you know, I've been on diets most of my life, you know, from When I was a teenager, the cabbage diet was was big back then, then Mm -hmm, the lemonade diet, and then it was the lemonade diet. And, you know, so I never felt skinny enough and, you you know, went through some extreme things of like, you know, trying to lose weight and trying to, you know, throw up my food or just like not eat for a few days. Um, which back then didn't really see as was like an eating disorder. But those are the kinds of things that because I remember back then, those seem like things that other kinds of people did that, that, you know, as a as an African-American child, you know, no one really, you know, t- took me eating uh, that way as like an eating disorder but it was just as much of a problem for me as it was you know in in other communities and for me it honestly wasn't until I graduated from college that I started to really accept my body and I know that
1: um that makes two of us I'm with you on that for some reason uh you know the self the body image issues didn't become uh clear until late in life so I can relate
0: you know, and, and recently, I've been you know, talking about the fact that I've gained weight with well, roughly about 50 pounds, and much of it came from just my own battle with, with depression. So I tried to use this platform to be relevant to where I am and to where our listeners are in this journey called life. So I'm excited that we have a beautiful woman with an incredible story and passion with us here tonight, uh, Miss Tamara Kellum. Who is a trained body transformation and weight management coach? Her knowledge and insight comes from her personal experiences with obesity, disordered eating, depression, and body image struggles. She released over a hundred pounds through ooh, ooh. diet and exercise and has maintained Go, for over a decade. So
2: welcome to the show,
0: Tamara.
1: Welcome, hey, Tamara. <laughs>
2: thank you so much for having me. I'm really so excited to um, be able to talk about this right now. It's it's really, um, yeah, I'm just really excited to be here. So thank you so much for having me.
0: We're excited to have you. So I mean, yeah. let's, <laughs>
1: let's
0: jump right in. So I mean, tell our listeners a bit about you, you know, where you're from and kind of how you arrived at, you know, where you are at, at, at this point with my body and my vision.
2: Well, okay, so my name is Tamara Kellum. Um, I'm 32, 33 years old, single mom of a beautiful 12-year-old daughter, born and raised New Yorker. And um, basically, you know, I had a very tumultuous childhood, and so I dealt with depression nearly all of my life, which was a huge factor into um, my obesity. And um, so I was, by the time I was in high school, I was over 200 pounds. And when I found out I was pregnant, I was 20 years old, I was at my heaviest, I was 260. And when I realized that I was carrying a life inside of me, I said, you know, wait a minute, like this, I, you know, it's, it was like the wake up call that I needed to, to, to realize that I actually got to be worthy of being healthy, of taking care of myself. And um, that's where this whole journey began. That's where the whole process began um, in terms of releasing the weight. And um, it's been 12, 13 years <laughs> since I started this journey. Um, I'm still on this journey. It's ongoing. It's a lifelong journey. Um, I'm still learning about myself. I'm still learning about you know what works uh, for me, and 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 that in turn helps me to be supportive and encouraging to others who are also on similar journey as mine
0: so how did you do it with um losing such a significant amount of weight losing 100 pounds because I mean I have you know I have friends who have released a lot of weight and it hasn't all been done naturally
1: right. so like how, well, how and, did it end with the baby you know with the yeah. Baby. yeah so
2: this so I lost, um, so it took me two years, I did it through diet and exercise, I did not have any type of gastric bypass surgery, I had no weight loss surgeries, um, I did it naturally and what's funny is, um, so I was 260 when I, was, when I first found out I was pregnant and I immediately they sat me with a dietician and, and we went over some things that I could change about my diet and Throughout the pregnancy I actually began losing weight while I was pregnant. So towards the end of my pregnancy, I was in the two forties, right? And then wow. the day after the day after I gave birth, I was two twenty five. So I had released thirty five pounds while I was pregnant. Now, just disclaimer, that's not you should not be aiming to lose weight wait, while, wait, you're, while pregnant. you're pregnant. Right? <laughs> right,
0: right. But nobody had no ideas. Said,
2: yeah. Yeah. Please. But the thing, and I was eating a normal diet. And um, the thing is, the, the body is so wonderful. Like the body knows what you need. And like especially when you're pregnant. So you not only do you burn additional calories while you're pregnant. Um, there's also uh, I forget the hormone. It's I think it's the HCG hormone or something that gets released during pregnancy, which is supposed to help you regulate um, your your actual body fat. So those things combined, just eating healthy, like, I, I wasn't going crazy, I was just eating healthy foods, but my body knew the, the extra 300 calories that most women are supposed to eat for, you know, the baby, my body was using my fat stores to get that energy, and so that's how I was able to start releasing weight while I was pregnant, and then when you're breastfeeding, you also burn up to 1,000 calories per day as well, so that, you know, I was breastfeeding for seven months, and so you know, by the time two years had passed, I was in the 140s. Mm.
0: So do you think your um, weight had anything to do with your depression? Or was your depression a source of, you know, I guess a result of other things that were going on kind of when you were growing up?
2: Yeah, so yeah, the, so the obese, so as I said before, I had a, a tumultuous childhood, and um, one of the things that I went through was starvation. My father was uh, an abusive man, and I know I love him. We're 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 cool now, but <laughs> um, you know, that, growing up, important. he was yeah, he was mentally ill. And, um, you know, at the time, you know, we would, he, we would he would lock us up in the room all day, not feed us. You know, we weren't allowed to get up. If we did, he might beat us. You know, it was like, it was really a a terrifying environment to be in. And it's funny, I didn't realize until like maybe two years ago that that was the link between my overeating and my, uh, adolescence and, um, you know, just the scarcity around food, like, once my mother left my father, like, I became so preoccupied with food, and feeling as if there, there might never be enough, and always needing to clean my plate, and get seconds, and what if there's no, you know, and in addition to that, like, we grew up poor, there were nights we, you know, even after that situation, there were nights we didn't eat, you know, we, we were in homeless shelters, like, there, so the scarcity conversation in my life was so huge, that, you know, at a certain point, when I as I became older, as a teenager, I had a little bit more control over my uh, my ability to to get food for myself. That was like my main preoccupation. I was eating, 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 and using that to um, manage uh, my depression as well. Using that to kind of as e- I was emotional eating to alleviate the distress that I was in emotionally.
1: So mm. that, that was what I was going to ask because I, you know, I, I was. As I'm listening, I'm wondering, you know, it's such a such an interesting connection, even, you know, through the years that you were working against your emotional eating and and bettering yourself to have come to the ultimate circle and realization that it the scarcity made you eat more because you were, I guess, subconsciously afraid that you weren't going to have food because you spent so much time not having the food. And that emotional eating to make sure that you wouldn't go without. I mean, like the like the, the mind is a, such a powerful thing that it created that, yeah. you know, that you were able to unravel that.
2: Yeah. And it's funny because then as I, when I was like a preteen, I wasn't overweight just yet, but I, I did develop early, you know, especially women of color. Sometimes we tend to develop mm-hmm. a little earlier. So I already had breasts. I already had a little booty, you know, like I was already... <laughs> And I, I remember I went to visit my grandmother in Puerto Rico, and she hadn't seen me in years. So when she saw this, this 10-year-old with hips and thighs, which, you know, I, my thighs, like, no matter what I do, I'm going to have big thighs. But when she saw it, she was just like, oh, no, like, who is this? This is not my granddaughter. And so instead of her coming to terms with me developing, she made it about my weight. And so Mm. she was very harsh, like she, you know, she made very harsh comments to me, she tried to put me on a diet, she tried to restrict all my eating, which interestingly enough, and I wrote about this on my blog, Um, it's, um, the title of the blog is, I remember when I learned to hate my body, and it goes back Mm -hmm. to this, this experience, this summer in Puerto Rico when my grandmother was like, constantly pointing out, she said, um, the, 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 within the first conversation, she said to me, oh, you're overweight, and I said, what do you mean? And she said, grab your thighs. If you can grab more than an inch, you're overweight. And I what? was like, you know, I was 11 years so old. I was so excited to see my grandmother. And this is the first thing that came out of her mouth practically. And it's just so interesting to me that, you know, it was shortly after that. Like, I, you know, I, I think it was like a, a combination of things like hormones. Because then I, I began menstruating during that summer. Okay. But the oh, things that so she awesome. had said to me about my body... I I found myself getting even hungrier. <laughs> like mm. wanting to eat even more because she was telling me, You shouldn't eat that much, you should be full, no, you don't need a snack. You know, she was being so restrictive around food and I guess subconsciously, like that scarcity conversation was like, Oh hell no, like
1: the PTSD <laughs> you're, coming you're not into play, right?
2: You know, and so I was like eating even more. It's like I became even more ravenously hungry, so it's just interesting there are so many different factors involved but it it is definitely it was definitely very psychological
0: yeah it, it it is and and parents that are listening um it is it's so important that you're be that you're careful around talking to your children about weight because i know even for myself my father i love my dad but he's very harsh was very good at like giving negative feedback but wasn't good at all at giving positive feedback mm. so he was quick to tell you when you were overweight like I mean through through even now like you know I saw him like two years ago somewhere and the first thing he said to me was like gosh your legs and it's like people don't but realize that those things, people don't understand that those things when people say them to you when they're when you're a child that the the like that it really sticks with you and and sometimes can infect you in so many different ways that we we yet a lot of times don't even really realize so so thank you for for sharing that because I'm sure when your grandmother was saying that she was probably saying that out of love and probably out of concern right right, yeah and
1: And, and it could be a cultural thing too because I have to say you know that I think culturally depending on what you know, grandparents, mothers, and parents just expect to see um, from their offspring. When you don't see that, Mm -hmm. you think the best way to do or treat it is by um, shaming them or making them feel like you got to do something different, but you you internalized it. And so many people do and it turns into like self-hatred. Right.
0: Hmm. So, so in, in backtracking a little bit and going to, so you said after the, the pregnancy and, um, mm-hmm. starting the process of, of losing the weight. So what was your, your motivation? Because I know you said that your worthiness conversation changed mm, Yeah. Uh, once you became, once you, you know, had your daughter. Um, so what changed or shifted that you know, got you to this space of, um, wanting to release the weight and do it in a healthy way, considering like, I guess all of these things that, you know, or beliefs or, that you may have been holding on to, you know, that you've been holding on to kind of all your life.
2: Right. Um, yeah, the, the, my motivation was my daughter. Um, I, I knew that I was having a girl the minute I got pregnant, the, the minute I learned I was pregnant, I knew it was a girl really? and I did. And I was like, Oh, I'm having a girl and her name's going to be Matia. Her name is, it was like, it was like, she was already named Matia. It was like, like God said, this, I'm giving you Matia, right? And Matia means gift of God.
1: Oh, that's beautiful.
2: And um, thank you. And so when I thought of this life inside of me and I thought of, because of everything that I've been through, I, 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 I. That sense of responsibility, like, oh, okay, my daughter is coming and I'm going to be her example. That forced me to look at everything in my life. Because what I said to myself was, I want her to have all the best parts of me. And all of the things that I've been through, all of the things that I felt broke me, I can't let her, I can't let that happen to her. But I, I need to show her that, like, her mom is... Uh, you know, the bomb, like, you know, like, I right. I, re- I remember thinking to myself, um, I want to be able to go to my daughter's school and for her to feel proud of me, you know, like that's my mm-hmm. mom, that's mm-hmm. my mom. And you know, and that's what, that's how it is. Like she's 12 and when I go to school or, you know, her friends see me, they're like, you know, she's like, that's my mom. Like she's so, there's no <laughs> shame. There's no I like, love mom. It. It's like, that's my mom. And everyone's like, that's your mom. That looks like your sister, you know, like, <laughs> but that's, that's, what we what, want. that's what I want. You know, I wanted for her to be proud of me. And so I think, yeah, that was my biggest motivation. My daughter knowing, okay, someone's I'm raising somebody who's going to be looking at every little thing I do. Um, let me start getting it together. And it, and it translated, it wasn't even just about the weight. You know, That like the weight, yes, was a concern, but like healing in general, all of the healing that I needed to get done, that's where the process really started for myself, for the process of healing as mm-hmm. well.
1: So what would you say then um, up to, to listeners and, and those on a similar journey when, you know, when they start obsessing? about the numbers because I hear you saying it wasn't about, you know, it's not about the weight, it's about the healing. And so many people are obsessed with the number on the scale. So this is, so
2: yeah, so this is where my body, my vision comes in. Um, and, and when I work with clients, we don't talk about the scale. We talk about what are some of the emotional barriers or psychological barriers that they have that can be preventing them from having health and wellness in their life and when I mean health and wellness not just a healthy weight but a healthy attitude towards your body as well as a healthy attitude towards food right so it's like it's like a three-pronged you know thing like it all of those things have to work together um, and so what happens is when we focus on the numbers it's usually because You know, to be honest, um, we're so compelled by media and external factors and things that our parents have said, like we mentioned, or maybe your boyfriend says something or your girlfriend says something or whatever, comments that people make. So we're in reaction to those things. We're in reaction to the things that we're seeing. And then that's when we're becoming so obsessed with the number or a specific image, and we become disconnected. There's a disconnection from your own body and the experience that you're having with yourself that relationship with yourself and so um to rectify that it you know the 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 way that i coach my clients is to start looking inside and that's where the my body my vision comes in because this is your body and what you want for your body it needs to be from you it needs to be your vision you have to have a vision of who you want to be and who you are in that body and how you feel in that body, not what your man might find sexy or right. what the media says you need to look like. It's about ownership and, and that's a process and, and for some people, they have no concept of ownership when it comes to their bodies, especially women. Our bodies are objectified, picked apart. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's true. Almost, it's almost like they don't even belong to us. Like it's me, and then there's my body, and I need bigger breasts, or I need a bigger butt, or I need a smaller butt, or my thighs. You know, like and
1: that. What we everyone lose else that, says was beauty.
2: Yeah, and we lose that sense of ownership, and and so. Like, really focusing within and getting that ownership back, that's really, like, the key. It's, it's so, it's, you don't hear a lot of people saying that. And so when I, it takes me a while for that message to get in to my clients.
1: <laughs> like, mm-hmm.
2: this is really about you. This is really about you. It's not about, like, what you think, you know, other people think you need to do. This is really about you. But once they get it, it's, like, it's life-altering. Because I, I didn't get that until years after I lost the weight. Wow. I didn't get because, and I'll tell you, because I lost the weight and I was not healthy. Like, and I, what I mean by that is um, I was so insecure about loose skin or I wasn't tight enough or I needed to fix this or fix that. And I began beating myself up and it be, I became obsessed with what other people wanted and, oh, that, that man would have loved me if I would have looked this way. You know, those are conversations mm-hmm. I was having wow. in my head. I was yeah. running. I was staying, running after this toxic man wanting him to prove that I was worthy because my body I, I, I thought it had to be my body my body was to blame you know so once and you
1: fixed it you felt like okay now I'm good enough
2: well it wasn't because then it was became something else to fix you know um there was and, and the thing is that if you're if you're looking at your body from an aesthetic point of view you, there will always be something to fix <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. and we see it all the time That's People right. say, I want to get down to 150. To get to 150, like, you know, I think I might do good at 140. To get to 140, you're like, oh, but my, now my breasts are too small. Maybe I need to get impl-. You know, it's like it's a, it's an on-go- it, it never stops. Right. And so, you know, I had achieved this weight loss, but then it was like, oh, this, my, my breasts are sagging because I gave birth. I mean, I breastfed and my stomach is a little loose and, you know, this and that. And trying to fix myself instead of realizing that I was already whole. Mm.
1: But, hey, look, that is, that's the truth right there.
2: So,
0: so what challenges did you have um going through the weight loss challenge? Cause it, th- through the weight loss process? Because I know myself, I have you know I got into the best shape of my life like three years ago. You know, mm-hmm. then got depressed and life started life and a bunch of different things, fell in love and all these other things, and then gained more weight than I even lost. You know, the first time mm-hmm. around, um, you know. I, I, I gained a whole lot of weight so yeah. I, I and I and I come across people all the time that have you know like yourself lost a whole lot of weight or you know got to a point where they were very happy with 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 themselves for, on a fitness perspective and then like gained it all back and then mm-hmm. you know how do you get back up uh, so what were your challenges, if any, if you had a period where, say, you started gaining weight back, and just, like, what were the challenges in general of um, losing that uh, that level of, of, of weight?
2: Yeah, so there were um, specifically two periods of time when, in this 13-year span thus far, there have been two periods of time where I've had really bad um, depressive episodes, and the first time, it was, I think, around 2000, 2007, I think. Um, you know, I had, I had gained, like you, Akilah, gained 50 pounds. Hmm. Um, I remember stepping on the scale and seeing 190, and I said, holy yes. shit, I'm That's 10 right. pounds from 200. Oh, here <laughs> no, no, like, I went off, right? <laughs> I was like, no. That's
0: exactly what I did. Like, what? I'm about to be 200 pounds with no baby or anything to show for it. Like right. no, <laughs> so I
2: said, "Oh no, no, no! I'm sorry. There's sirens passing. Um, <laughs> I, live a, I, live head. Head. I live in the hood. I live in the No, but um, yes. Yeah, so I the if I so the the way I got out of that was wasn't on looking at treating the weight gain. The way that I that I dealt with that was looking at what was causing the depression and actually dealing with the depression. And once I was able to manage the depression, then that's when I was able to get my weight under control. But that's
0: not there then. So how did you manage your depression? Right, right. What were
2: different ways that, you know, supported you? then I went to, uh, I went to therapy. Okay. I went to therapy if, you know, at one point I, I was even on medication for a little while you know, um, and then I had start. I tried a natural medication and the natural medication actually helped me a lot and helped me, um, the most. So, and there are so many, I mean, you know, it's funny, I was talking to a client and, you know, I, I she was talking and I said, do you think you're depressed? And, you know, there was like a resistance to admitting it
1: mm-hmm. because, yes. because
2: for different reasons, but I said, you know, it's okay. Like, you know, and there are alternatives that you don't have to get on. If you don't want to get on certain medications, that's fine. But there's natural remedies, there's supplements, there's ways to change your nutrition to kind of boost your, you know, there's things you can do, but
1: mm-hmm.
2: really look, the, I think the thing for everyone to do in that situation is to just actually, it's by trial and error. You go out there and, and learn as much as you can about what might work for you and try it. Yeah. 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 You
0: know, it's, it's so true.
2: Yeah, because I I think some of us sit around waiting for that miracle healing to happen.
1: Right, (laughs) you got to be
2: proactive. And really it's like you got to chase it and whatever, however, and that's the only way you really find what's going to work for you, especially if you're going through it emotionally, you know, therapy. I mean, there's so many ways. Yeah. And I think for
0: some people, you know, to, you say to what you, to your point about there being resistance, I think for me, it was like, Oh yeah, I'm, you know, I'm depressed, but it's like, you know, it's minor, it's minor depression because like, I'm still functional, but, you know, come to find out, it's like, I actually was like going through major depression, but highly functional. So, Yeah. So important to seek, seek therapy and to seek professional help, like just to see, because for me, there was like this whole beat up going on. Like I was calling myself all kinds of like lazy and, you know, I'm tired and blaming everything on like the weight gain when really the depression was the cause of why you know I was starting to actually gain all of this weight so it's like really actually getting clear and someone actually being able to say yes this really is depression it's not your self diagnosis that you've come up with you know from whatever you've read online and, and <laughs> I heard at <that> uh, a <laughs> or, or whatever we've seen about what
1: depression <laughs> yeah. looks like yeah. right. But, I, yeah. but to, to those
0: just so that you have a, a, a barometer or something to measure about I heard from a, a psychiatrist at a conference I was at it was like if you're sad for like more than like 2 weeks like you're depressed yeah, and you need to go hard to hard. talk to somebody yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah so yes i'm i'm such a big advocate of therapy and even if there isn't necessarily anything going wrong it's nice to have a therapist on deck mm-hmm. that's right oh, oh you know, yeah I mean, me and Sean do couples therapy, and we were doing that. Like, it's not that there was problems in our relationship, but it's just a matter of being proactive and having someone there that's, bi- that's you know, not going to be biased um, and that, you know, it's not going to judge you for whatever it is that you are going to tell them. So I am such a big advocate of, of therapy. So I didn't mean to cut you off, but I definitely wanted to just put that in there, uh, because that resistance is just something that I see so much, uh, especially, um, amongst, uh, African Americans, um, yeah. you, mm-hmm. that, you know, we, we don't want to admit to, to be right. depressed.
1: <laughs> so right. now, Tamara, how did you, how did you do, or how did you remain consistent? Say, like in between, um, you know, episodes or depressives Episodes where you may have gained weight, you had a long period of time where you actually maintained and/or continued losing weight, which I mean takes consistency. I know, you know, for 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 me and and those around me, you know, what happens is you get on this journey, and a lot of people expect to see results super fast, and then they don't get it or they don't stick with it, and it falls apart. How did you maintain consistency?
2: Um, so the keys to consistency are the first one being to, it's moderation. So mm. I, usually the mistake that we make is we develop this all or nothing thinking. Mm. It's, mm. I'm going to drink slim, you know, protein shakes and eat salad every day for the rest of my life. That's what I have to do. That's <laughs> the way I got lose this weight. And that's the only way I'm going to keep it. No, it's not, <laughs> but so learning like the moderation and the and it's and it's what you said the reason that moderation is hard for for many is because of that instant gratification we want to see those numbers go down real quick we want to you know we want that instant gratification but if you're willing to let that go and instead of looking at it as a short term solution th- if this is lifelong then it's unrealistic to assume that you're never going to have a slice of cake again or you're right. never going to have a glass of wine or you're never going to want some chicken nuggets from McDonald's or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, you know, letting go of this idea, this all or nothing thinking and, and really understanding that you actually have permission to eat whatever you want. And this is the first distinction that I start off with my clients. I say, before we start, I want you to know that you have permission to eat whatever you want in any amount. And they look at me like I'm crazy, and I say, why do you think I'm telling you that?
0: Mm.
2: Akilah, why do you think I would say that? Why do you think I would start with that? Why do you think you would start with, with what? With, 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 with like, Let's say me and you were to work together, and the first, in the first conversation I say to you, Akila, you have permission to eat whatever you want, how, however much you want.
0: Um. Why would you say that? I mean, yeah. I guess so that I could remain... Because a lot of people go into a diet like actually um, kind of grieving what they can't eat anymore. So for me, going into something... You tell me I can eat whatever you want. That's why weight washers and stuff is so popular. Because right. you can technically eat whatever you want, but it's a matter of teaching moderation. And yeah. so that's what I'm thinking you're getting to.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that. And it's it's a reverse psychology because... You know, and the body is funny. Like, even if the minute you say diet, you may start feeling hungry, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but the, the, the biggest part of it is is acknowledging that in every meal, you have a choice. And, and I think we disempower ourselves from that choice, you know, by saying, I'm not allowed to eat that because yeah. I'm fat and this is my punishment. There's yeah. an element of shame around it. That is actually counterintuitive, and that's what perpetuates the self-sabotage and the emotional eating. It actually works against you. But knowing, like, if you're at that party and they're serving cake, and you're like, you know what, I can actually eat this, but you know what, I'm gonna choose not to. I'll, I'll have i I'll have a slice of cake at such and such's birthday party. In two weeks. Like then that's a very different conversation from being at the party and saying I can't have that cake and everyone's eating that cake and you're just like oh you know forget it and then you end up having five slices. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. 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 so, so- <laughs>
0: we're coming no no it's it's okay uh, i just wanted to jump in cuz we're kind of at our like last 10 minutes or so it's going by f- fast yes. and i want to make sure that we actually get you to share with you know which is what you do is is giving people tips to successfully lose weight so i wanted to for you to if you could share just some of the keys to success or tips that you have around like successfully uh, losing weight and uh, you know h- how you set up your clients to win in uh, yeah. their weight loss journey. Yeah. So
2: the so the um, yeah. So the first tip, as we mentioned, let go of all or nothing thinking. Um, the second tip would be to um, consistency over perfection. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, and what consistency means is uh, it means recommitting and not recommitting on New Year's Eve or I'll recommit next week or next month, but really sometimes recommitting from moment to moment, from meal Mm -hmm. to meal, from day to day, and honoring wherever you are in that process. Um, but, But that's the key to staying consistent, is really just not expecting yourself to be perfect, but just knowing that there are ebbs and flows and just being committed to the, to recommitting. <laughs> it's being committed to being committed. Right. Um, um and then also like the, 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 the main one is just to avoid all extreme diets, all the, ex- you know, cutting out all calorie, you know, trying to cut up all carbs or, you know, I'm just going to drink lemonade for 10 days. I mean that looking for that quick fix, that's, that's, ninety nine point nine percent of the time is going to work against you so those are some of the, t- the the tips that i that i always start people off with and and getting them started on their journey
0: so as far as like eating are there any eating tips that you give to people specifically like you know where you would tell someone to start you know so say if i have uh you say if i was your client you were going to coach me i need to lose 50 pounds
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about so individual? Mean? So, yeah, so all when I work with clients, it's all individual and customized based on their body type, based on their health, based on health factors, based on their level of activity. Um, you know, it's, it's really not, there is no one size fits all diet for anybody. But I would say, like, you know, some of the things are obvious, like, you know, cutting out junk food, cutting out certain processed foods, sodas, you know, excess sugars and things like that. I think everybody wins when they just start with those, you know, making those changes off the bat. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like how many carbs or, you know, all of that depends on the person and the, the factors that I mentioned before.
0: Yeah. But even what you mentioned is, is huge. Because to someone who has been eating, you know, <laughs> and, and, and terribly for years, you don't know that something like just just cutting out soda and cutting out juice and actually just drinking water can make a huge difference
1: yeah, and exactly. losing
0: weight by just doing that. Cause I mean, that was what I did in the beginning, just cut out different things. And like, I loved ice cream. So I figured out how to make substitutions. So instead of eating ice cream all the time, I found like a yogurt, like Activia makes this like vanilla yogurt that to me gave me the same sensation of like what it was like to eat ice cream and yeah. doing just little things like that over time. Uh, got me to progressively get to a point where I could just completely
2: eat like clean. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so. definitely. The the word you use there, the keyword is progression. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's really that's really great as well. That's something that I also encourage people is not to just go all the way left, but like gradually start taking steps and getting there because that's what I did. So, yeah.
0: do you have it's any crazy. any tips then for? Women to embrace their body, mm-hmm. like now, like so. I so, know that a part of your process and kind of embracing uh, your body and learning how to love your body. So, what would you offer to you know listeners that are struggling with that?
2: Yeah, I think I think that we we have a very one dimensional relationship with our bodies, um, where we're only looking at aesthetics, we're only looking at how we look. I think. The key to to reconciling um, with your body is really looking at it's it's a full relationship. You're in a relationship with your body, and there's it's multidimensional. So really learning to appreciate from the from a larger perspective all of the things that your body does to to serve you, and and the same thing that works in. Our interpersonal relationships works in your relationship with your body. How do you communicate with yourself?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What's your self talk like? You know, are you appreciative? Do you show gratitude? And all the ways that work that, that all the things that work with your man, with your with your mom, with your sister, that works with you too. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, so
1: and interesting. You say that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Because it really is a relationship, and what, some of us, like we're like on bad terms with our bodies. We're not speaking, you know. Yep. <laughs> you know I'm yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, we're avoiding mirrors. We're avoiding. <laughs> yeah, we're disconnected. We're like, uh, you know, begrudging and attitude. Like, so really learning to actually reconcile and 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 see yourself as a whole. So you're you're a whole being. It's not you, and then the way your body looks. It's like you are one and really reconciling with yourself. So I want to make sure we
0: share uh, some of the services and programs that you offer. So what uh, do you currently have to support weight loss and um, how do people get in contact with
2: you? So um, I offer um, Customized uh, individual coaching as well as group coaching sessions. Um, so, if you were to have, a, if you you know, if an organization or an uh, or independent group of people said, "Hey, you know what? We want to start a weight loss program or some type of incentive-based program," we, you know, we want to work with you. I would work with groups. I also work with individuals. Um, I don't necessarily do the personal training anymore even though i am a personal trainer um just for the sake of time it's just a little too much for me i do train train people on a case-by-case basis but very selective about that um my website is um, www.mybodymyvision.com and uh, my email address is tamara at mybodymyvision.com so if you had any questions uh, or we're interested to learn more about, you know, how, you know, the different cam- body image campaigns that I've done or the blogs that I write, workshops I've done, you can just check me out on my website. Um, and if you wanted to get in contact with me, you can just email me. Again, mybodymyvision.com. And the email is Tamara at mybodymyvision.com. So what's next for Tamara? You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have some ideas floating around. The main, the main one is actually... Um, publishing a new book i i published a book two years ago a guided journal and so um my goal is to maybe release like not maybe but release like a second edition of that book or maybe a whole new book kind of mm-hmm. like um what i what i published but like on steroids like <laughs> 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 like really like bulking it up and really making it even more comprehensive than it is so you yeah, bringing
0: all your new experience i'm sure yeah
2: yeah okay
1: well i, I have would... a, a quite oh i'm sorry go ahead I wanted to ask about uh, her, uh, Tamara about how you um, work with your daughter and her. I mean, because I know the journey started off with just being the best example for her. Mm-hmm. So, does she is she a clean eater now? Do you because you know she probably has a lot of inf- more information than any other twelve year old about what she puts into her body and uh, just self empowerment. What are what are
2: what are? Oh well, she do does, but she still. T- She's still 12, so she still wants chips, and yeah, <laughs> it's,
1: it.
2: it's an uphill battle, um, and I just try to keep her informed without shaming her. You know, that's, that's the, what we discussed earlier. It's very slippery slow, letting yeah. her know, you know, like teaching her, like eating habits, healthy eating habits, without shaming her for wanting to eat unhealthy. So it's, it's definitely... Um, like a juggling act, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm juggling fire and, and swords. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but she does have a lot of information and knowledge. And, I'm, and I think that as she gets older, you know, some of the things that I'm saying will actually start to sink in.
1: Right, right
0: well thank you so much samara for joining us tonight i really enjoyed having you here I really wish you yes. all the luck and everything that you do thank you to our listeners for joining us this evening if you joined us late you can listen to the full show and all our previous shows on iHeartRadio, or by visiting keeping there's a lot going on in that in our beauty world so to find out some of our programs that we have coming up, you can go to Uh Join us next week. Same place, same time. And please do tell a friend. And I'll leave you with this this week. Happiness is your nature. It is not wrong to desire it. What is wrong is seeking it outside when it is in, when it is inside. Um, and that is by Sri Ramana Maharshi hope I said that right (laughs) make this a great week until next Monday be beauty thank you